Stories make the world. That is how the world works. We live inside stories. I think a good story has to make you feel emotional. It's got to touch the real core of you as a person. I think the key thing is that stories need to come from different people. Every time I read a good story, it gives me a different perspective of the world. And it's how we imagine an alternative. Stories are at the heart of all great moments of change. So that's how we perceive the world, it's how it makes sense to us. We can't live without stories. This has been a Jams and Mr. B production. Welcome to another episode of A Bit of Swaz. Today we'll be discussing the back-to-back wins for the first time since... I think it's early December, so uh, strap in, enjoy the ride. Quick shout out to Move Sounds and Working Word, our sponsors, and introducing my my partner in crime, Mr. Daniel Tite. How you doing, DT? Buzzing, Nath. Buzzing. Yeah, you know. Not a bad intro, is it? Two wins back to back. Boom. It's been a long time since we've been able to have a bit of positivity. Well, we're always positive, so what am I on about? We're always, you know... Positive people, glass half full people, aren't we? Yeah, well, I believe we had the four in a row run back in late November, early December. So. Feels about like 1972. That's how long ago that good form feels. So. It, it, <laughs> it does, yeah. It does. But listen, it's been an interesting four games. Yeah. And the Mick, though, you have to say, I mean, let's get straight into it. Which way do you want to start? Do you want to start Rotherham or do you want to start Bristol City? Because looking at the two games, both away games, yeah. you know, similar, you know, they, they they done really well, I thought, against Bristol City. Yeah. I thought Rotherham was, was, was trickier because they're really inconsistent. They can, they've beaten some good teams, Rotherham. Yeah. But... Should we chat Rotherham because it was last night? Yeah, let's, 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 let's go Rotherham. Let's go Rotherham. So what, what did you make of that last night? I thought we started well. They really came into it then, didn't they? And it was just a battle. And, mm. you know, the Cardiff City teams we've known and loved over the years were always up for that battle. And, and it, it felt like for the rest of this season, we, w- we weren't up for the battle and we lost that. And, and it feels like we're back. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're blocking shots. We're sticking our bodies on the line. We always say, you know, that's the minimum we want, isn't it? We expect that effort from our teams. feels like that's back. You know, it felt like a Warnock away win, to be honest. We ended a bit of aerial bombardment. It wasn't the prettiest game, but but I did think it was an enjoyable game. I enjoyed it. It was. Yeah. We started to dominate then the second half. When Morrison had that chance, and hell of a one-handed save from the keeper. Uh, and it, it's from probably, I think, like eight yards, seven yeah. yards, I think, eight yards. And he's going the wrong way, the goalkeeper. Yeah. And just throws up a hand. It was, it was hell of a save, Morrison. Hell of a it save. A hell of a save. And... Um, Wilson wasn't in it much, was he, first half? And Ojo wasn't in it much first half either. And they just combined for that that goal. And you're like, oh, has he, has he got too long? He knew what he was doing. It's, it's, you know, he knew where he was going to put it from the moment the ball yeah, was yeah, it, in his feet, I think. Yeah, I said that last night on, on, on BBC. I was saying that, you know, it, it's, it's around about one in six, one in seven, uh, those one-on-one chances get, get finished. Yeah. Because you've got so much time to think. But it was the fact that I think the ball from Harry was was almost perfect now, perfect 
which meant Ojo didn't have to adjust his stride yeah. at all. And if you look at the Barnsley defender, Ojo just kept striding. The Barnsley defender without the ball just didn't close the gap at all. Yeah. So, and I was I was hundred percent confident he, he'd finish it. That was that was a good thing. When he went through, as soon as he burst over the halfway line, he was I was a hundred percent confident. Like I said, but what uh, goes through your mind, Nath, in situations like that when you're bearing down on the keeper, but you but you've got a bit too much time. A lot of it's on your touch, D. You know, you touch the ball, you touch the ball, you touch the ball. What you're, you're, what you're hoping is that one of those touches doesn't run away from you or yeah. doesn't slightly divert off to one side. So the concentration is on the touch. And then as you approach the keeper, you do what Ojo have done, basically. You just sit him down and slot it to either side. You clip it over him. It was a, it was a great finish. It looks very easy. Right, but it's it is difficult to do because you've got so much time to think. But yeah. um, I thought the performance was 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 solid, yeah. and I and, and I think you know you could clearly see over the two games or over the mixed four games really, but the two wins you could clearly see a difference in attitude and approach. What I what I I found interesting, you can always you know read between the lines when when players or managers leave, right? You, you get the truth from the players who are, are still there. And I think they seem a lot happier in what they're doing. They seem a lot... The game seems to be simplified in their approach, which really like is concerning because I, I kept saying to you, uh, I believe it's a coaching problem now. Yeah. They, they, you know, there was a lot of things Neil Harris was saying, which, you know, I was thinking, well, I don't see what you're saying, number one. There's clearly no new ideas being had because the games were just they were all the same they were all like rolled into one it's just yeah. a, a really uh, poor performance follow a poor performance follow concede a poor early absolutely play for 20 minutes yeah. um, but I said to Rob Phillips last night one thing we are is we're really we're strong for some period in a game whether it's you know the last 10-15 minutes yeah. I think we got one of the best records of scoring like that you know, we might have a very good 45 minutes, but we're, we were unable to string together a good solid 90 minutes. And I thought that's what that was last night. Difficult conditions, yeah. really difficult conditions. Like I said, an unpredictable team, kind of team that can take you out if you're, you're not on your yeah. toes. And, uh, you know, I thought they handled it well. Fair play to them. I thought it was a, a really good performance. But Wilson was quiet, I yeah. thought. But he he does pick up that ball and excite you when when he when he gets going and I, I think between him Ojo and um, the big man more up front big Kiefer I think uh, I think they've got a good solid trio there yeah a really good solid trio if they can keep them fit touch wood on Ojo should we talk about that you know Murphy comes on and, and I think a lot of stuff that's been levelled at Murphy you know and we've mm. spoke about Murphy before is he, he's never seemed like the player who's up for the who, you know, can he do it on a snowy Tuesday night in Rotherham type of player? Mm. You know, what a ball he, he put in there for Bennett. And, and Bennett, he, Bennett seemed to score a couple of times when we first when he, when he first signed in his first season, but you, you haven't seen him do that for a long time. Well, it's going to be interesting, Dee, because I think the, the, the balling was superb. It really was. It, it was a fantastic ball, but we haven't seen that, right? It's, it's 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 not just about going past people if you're yeah. Murphy. It is about those sorts of qualities, you know, the, the quality to pick out a pass, you know, cross field pass, 
40, 50 yards, puts it on Bennett's head, and Bennett gets forward. And then Bennett, you know, uh, we'll touch on this now, the, the change of system. Yeah. All right, going to a back three, and now Bennett becoming a wing back and not a winger, is going to be really interesting to see what happens because I think he can play that position no problem, standing on his head, right? Because I, I yeah. also think as a left-back, I would be encouraging him to get forward a lot more because I think he's one of the best crossers of the ball on the run we've got, right? And I think, you know, he was never utilised as an attacking force or never being asked to, right? And I would demand that of him because I think he... No, I don't think I've seen it in him. You know, if you remember yesterday in the first half, I can't remember who had the shot. Uh, it might have been... Well, it was either one. I think it was Wilson or, or Ojo. I had the shot, uh, and the keeper first half parried it to his right hand side, down to his right. And Bennett, right, should have been tracking the shot. Yeah. But it's where I think he's a defender who's not yet adverse in playing that attacking role. But the keeper parried it. It came off the keeper about three or four yards, and Bennett, as he parried it, went to go and then stopped. And thought, well, I'm too far away because I'm, I'm like 16 yards away. But he thought, if I had gone as he shot, I would have had a tapping goal. So yeah. he's obviously, he's obviously stand, uh, stand the register yeah. in his mind. I need to be an attacker, not just a defender. Because I thought also, I thought uh, Nelson did really well yeah. in covering that space for him behind in that left back position, which allows Bennett to get forward. So. I like the change of system as well. I think I think it really suits us. I really do. I think um, Flint's done well coming in. I think uh, a lot of people had written him off, and uh, you just never know. See, new manager and yeah, new reaction. I think Bennett likes to get forward. I think he's shown flashes of it. You know, obviously last night being being the main one, but you know, making my notes watching the the last four games, I think he has shown. Well, last three games, I spoke three and a half games we've played that system, I suppose. He does like yeah. to get forward. He's probably he's probably used to having Warnock on the side, giving him a bollocking for for getting forward. So you know, it's like like we've been with an abusive partner, like trying to get trying to get that out of his system. <laughs> I think um, you know, just a shout out to a signing who you know who wasn't well, depending on what you believe, wasn't made by this manager. Was made by Harris and then sees him sacked after the first game. I think NG has just been. A class act. I think that, you know, he hasn't shown too much, I'd say, f- from an attacking point of view. He, he's popped up every now and again. I think that will come because yeah. he, he did do that at crew, but, he, you know, he stepped up a division uh, and two divisions, really, because it's was, he was, he was only his first season in League One. I just think he looks good on the ball. He looks calm. He looks assured. He's got a lot of bite about him. I just think he's a cracking signing. I said he's from crew, isn't he? Yeah. You know, he signed from crew. It's a, it's a, it's a, like a footballing academy. It has been for years. When I played, everybody knew, you know, crew. I think uh, one of my mates, uh, Liverpool's Rob Jones, used to live opposite uh, me yeah. when I was up at uh, Bolton. And um, he's, he's former crew and he used to speak highly right. of the yeah. place and it's a sort of footballing philosophy. So it didn't surprise me. I thought any when, whenever you sign a, a player from crew, you know he's going to be a good footballer and understand the game. And to me, he's a good size, good stature, good athlete. And uh, I think he's a terrific signing, to be honest with you, because he doesn't look like he's not played in our team before. And he's been asked to play his natural position right back, but also that, that wing back position now. 
And I think as well, he can be encouraged to get forward a lot more because yeah. he clearly loves a, he loves a pass, he loves a one-two and he likes to get forward. So um, I think in the system they're playing at the moment, give him, a, give him a few more games and, you know, it's only going to improve for me. You know, that was one of the biggest things for me, one of my biggest bugbears. I couldn't see the pr- improvement in performance. Hmm. You know, it, it, you can lose games performing well. Right, it's when your performance is average, right? And I think that's being kind at times when your performance yeah. is average and you're losing, you know. And that's when people look at the style of football and go, Well, there's nothing, you know. If the style of football, I think that was one of the problems with Neil Warnock in the end. If the style yeah. of football is not very good and you're not winning, you know, you're not being entertained as a fan. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. And I've always said as, as, as a player, well, our job is to entertain. It's not just to go out and win. People go, oh, yeah, winning, winning. Yeah, it is about winning. But, you know, mum and dad and, and, and little Charlie and Lucy, you know, they come to the game to be entertained for the afternoon. Yeah. Right? It's the entertainment business. It's as simple as that. That's why so many people around the world pay so much for the prem- to watch the Premier League because it's great entertainment. Right? So... You know this 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 motto of winning over everything, for me, man, I want to win in style. We got Netflix for that. We don't need entertainment. We got Netflix for entertainment. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Amazon Prime. Just or give me <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sponsor. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsors at Netflix and Disney Disney Plus. <laughs> I think um, I, like, I like style, B. I like style. Look, just go go fishing. You never know. They're listening. Michael Eisner yeah. at Disney listens to Swaz. Yeah. One thing on on the change of shape, Nath. You know, I, I think the commentators on Cardiff City Live used the word, which was in my mind, that Harris got spooked by playing three at the back because he played it at QPR and we got done six one, didn't we? And then he thought, oh, hold up, not doing that again. Did it at Northampton. Oh, hold up. Not doing that again. Wait a minute. <laughs> that ain't working. I quite like my job. You know. He... It takes balls though, right, D? Yeah. And you've got to understand that sometimes it's going to get worse before it gets better. And sometimes you've got to take, you know, your shellacking. But if you're doing the work and your confidence in self, then you'll know, right, I'm doing the right thing, believe in it, and then getting the players to believe in it. But... Once you once you start to adopt new systems, yeah, if you're getting dicked like six one, it's you know the, the, the frame of mind of a player is well, I've never played that position yeah. before, I've never played that shape before, or I don't usually play that shape. It's crap, you know. Uh, that's why we got beat, right? That that's that's a player for you, mate. They just yeah. find every reason not to point the finger. Well, it's at not themselves. their fault, yeah. Can you think of? Yeah, it wasn't me, Gov. Can you think of times in your career where, because this, you know, three at the back or five at the back, whichever way you look at it, it's, it's come back into vogue, hasn't it? The, the past few seasons where it was, it was a bit, it's been out really for 15, 10, 15 years. I love it. Yeah, I'm a striker, so I always loved it because as a striker, you've got you've got three mid central midfielders, effectively. Right, it's like it, it, it's brilliant. You, you know, you, you know, one runs behind yeah. uh, most of the time. One's coming short. You've got someone always in front of you. You've always got someone on the angle as well. So, you know, and then you've got your wide fullbacks bombing on. Do you know what I mean? So, I've always enjoyed playing that system, and uh, I think we played it for Wales under Sparky, and I played right side 
like a wing back for Sparky, you know, left footed playing right right wing back. So I, I like it. I think you can get forward a lot as well as a midfielder because you've always got a sitting midfielder or two, you know, pivot sitting midfielders. It it, it depends on who's who's selected. But um with I think with with the likes of uh, Volks and Rals, because they're not what I call they're not they're not gonna unlock the door, right? They're not they've got the golden key. They're dogs of war sort of thing who can do a bit yeah. as well, right? They're not they're not don't get me wrong, they're not, you know, Lee Tomlin sort of thing. They're not Harry Wilson. But they can score a tidy goal and they can pick a pass from time to time. But I still think we need a bit of creativity in, in that position. Mm. But um I think like I said, I think it's it's it suited us. Uh, I, I really do. And I just think it gives us another string to our bow. And the longer, I think, the more often the likes of NG and Bennett play it, the more they'll understand the emphasis on them to get forward is really important, right? And I think Bennett scoring last night, I think that'll give him that extra bit of confidence yeah. to think, right, well, I need to track that far post more often than not, right? Whenever whenever Perry's going down the right-hand side, if you know Harry's broken to the right, if Ojo's going down the right, whoever... It's my job to cover that back post, back of the six-yard box sort of thing. If anything comes in, it doesn't go out for a throw-in on my side. Simple as that. Yeah. It, like I said, it, it's, it's early days. Get carried away with it. But, you know, in comparison to where we were, I think the, you can clearly see that there's been work done on how we play and we've been able to adopt a different shape and... Uh, big shout out, by the way, to Phillips uh, in goal. I thought, you know, uh, it's full debut yesterday. I thought Eden Marvis made a great save as well. Yeah. A quick uh, sort of Alex Smithy's reactive kind of cat-like save. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, like Johansson in the other goal. So, you know, all in all, I think, uh, I think Nick's on to something. I really do. I think, I think they've got something going. What about the the conditions, you know, because it became starker when you look back at the, the goals. So Ojo's goal, it looked like he was playing on a nice green pitch. And then when you see Bennett's goal, you're like, <laughs> bloody hell, that, that changed, yeah. you know, that it kind of brought it home a bit. But, you, you know, the snow was coming down, wasn't it? And you're thinking, A, I can't see the ball watching watching on my laptop. So... Uh, it just it just didn't feel like anything was going to happen. So what's it, what's it like playing in the... In the snow, uh, it, it, well, it, people go as cold. It's not actually. It's it's all right, right. But when it's blizzard like like that, like it was late on the second half, it, it's it's you struggle to see. Even when you're walking in the snow, you walk tend to walk with your head down when the wind's blowing, right? Yeah. So you're running at, at at pace and trying to track a football and trying to see where your man is, yeah, or isn't. Uh, it's difficult conditions, and then what happens is you know. The snow tends to, you get the ice sticking to your studs and it's difficult to stand up. You know, it, it was tricky, really tricky conditions. That's why I thought it was such a a well-fought sort of um, battling sort of performance with some good spells of football here and there and some good yeah. spells of sort of pressure on the opponent where you kept them locked in for a little while. I thought, um, no, I, I, I thought I thought it was great, but... You know, we mentioned Phillips. Moving on to the uh, Bristol City game, 
really worrying about Alex Smithies. Yeah, that didn't look that didn't look good at all, did it? You, you're thinking no. You've seen him going down, and you, you're thinking, is it you know a muscle strain or or something? But as time was going on, you know the commentators on Cardiff City Live were. I felt like they were dismissing it a little bit, if I'm being perfect, perfectly honest. Just to say he's all right, kind of let's get on yeah. with the game. And I know you've got to get on with the game, but the fact that it was the fact that it didn't seem easy to diagnose, you know, mm. straight, straight away made, made it more worrying, really. From mm. from my point of view, I hope he's okay. Hope his you know hope his head's getting right as, as well as his health's getting right, and um, mm. just hope we see him again soon because whatever it is you know if he's if he's physically fit to play you kind of hope he does sooner rather than later to to show that he he, he can get back out there yeah well well it, it is a worry i think the biggest worry always with the footballer is when there's no sort of injury there's no muscle injury is it's just a well something that you can't see you know touch wood it's nothing too serious and uh he'll be okay but you know, again, really good uh, performance by Phillips coming in. Yeah, I like him. Deputising for him. You know, really good performance. It's, it's nice to it's nice to feel assured that you've got two very good keepers again. Yeah. And um, the performance against Bristol, I thought again, I thought they were, I thought they were quite dominant. In fact, I'd go yeah. far to say they were very dominant against yeah. Bristol. Uh, I thought it was a really good performance. Yeah, you know, and in, in contrast to the. You know the the first. If we look back and mix four games, that first half against Barnsley was shocking, wasn't it? And then he changes he changes shape. I mean that that whole game was shocking, wasn't it? But it just wasn't a nice spectacle, was it? It was everyone was lumping it because of the you know conditions. Apparently, we fight back to get into it. Great, okay, we get a point, but it was nothing to be too pleased about. I didn't think that game, the, the Millwall game. Then we had a lot of the ball. First time we had the new shape from the off. We're seeing Morrison with a lot of ball at his feet, almost being asked to be Beckenbauer. Didn't really know what to do with it. You're thinking, well, he was, mm. he was, he was, he was overthinking it, Sean. Yeah. Right, he was getting into the right back sort of spot, and he's thinking, right, I've got to find something up ahead of me now, which is, you know, going to unlock the do- just pass it to Perry Ng and get it back, and then pass it to Nelson or pass it to Volks or pass it to Rouse and get it back. All right, if you can get it back, pass it and make them go out the other side. Just keep the ball moving. Mm. All right, Roy Hodgson used to do a session with us at Blackburn. You know, the ball can't stop rolling. It can't stop. If it stops, it goes to the opposition. Keep the ball on move. Get it, give it, get it, give it, get it. It, it sounds like, well, well, that's not going to do much. But if you're two yards away from me, Dan, and I pass it three yards, you've got to turn and move, right? A yard to get close. You know, those are the things you do in training and the little triangles and the, the little keep ball sessions and what have you. It's done for a purpose. So I think the more the boys play it, because I thought Sean was less complicated last night. He, he did yeah. just get it, give it, uh, and kept it simple. So um, it's, it's those sorts of things, those sorts of little details that uh, once the boys get used to, I think uh, I think they could really do something with it. But the goals against Bristol, I thought, were, were excellent. I, I really liked Kiefer's goal as a striker. Yeah. A bit of you know, ball up to him, done a bit with it, lovely bit of skill, puts in Ojo, and you're thinking, OK, but then you see, if you watch Kiefer, he, he, proper, he, he starts making his way and then realises 
I think Ojo's waiting for me. Yeah. He really puts a head of steam on. And uh, it's a lovely ball yeah. by Ojo. You know, he's such a he's, a, he's almost nonchalant in his in the way he plays. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that, um, like essay at, at Crystal Palace. He's, they, they're essay, like nonchalant. Yeah. yeah, they're like street footballers. Lovely to watch, yeah. go past people so easily. And I thought the ball he put in for uh, for Kiefer. You knew it was a goal as soon as he left Ojo's foot. Because you could, the camera yeah. kind of pans over and Kiefer's there just like, come on! You see him running. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Smashes yeah, yeah. it. You, Ojo, well, they both made that goal. It was, it was like a long one-two, mm. wasn't it? And again, last night, they, 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 they linked up really well again last yeah. night. You know, and that's what I'm saying. That, that there's a nice partnership developing between Moore and Ojo. Touchwood, he's not got too severe an injury. And then Wilson just started to float around. But I'd say to Harry, if you're not, like last night, he was struggling to get in the game. So I would say, like, watch like Lee Tomlin, you know, really experienced. What, he, what does Lee do? He just drifts into a pocket or just drifts out wide into like a left wing and stands. Or yeah. just drifts out wide to the right and just stands. Only for like 10, 20 seconds, just let something develop. Is that, that's not because you know, he's knackered though, is it? <laughs> 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 no, that's. I think that's experience, Dan. Honestly, <laughs> it, it, it is experience. I, I think you know, it, it's not. You don't accidentally find those pockets. Yeah. Right. The longer you play, and that's his style of game. So, you know, and yeah, okay, he's getting a bit older. Sorry, Lee. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but no, really, it, it's 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 experience. So you know, someone like Harry, because I love that he's he's always on the move, right? And he, he, yeah. he picks up the ball and the tempo rises when he gets the ball at his feet. I love that. But sometimes I think he can just learn to stand in the pocket and wait. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the other thing, the last thing I'd say about about the games was what what I liked was. They've clearly been taught, and this was a bugbear of mine, or clearly been told, to when they clear the ball from defence, clear it to the centre spot. Because that's where your centre forward's going to be. Clearing it to the line, to the wide flank, or the... You know, we've got no wingers out there, right? They're back helping out. Clear the ball up to your six-foot-four striker who loves to hold off defenders. Just hit it in that centre spot area, and he should be there or thereabouts, and... I felt a few that that happened quite a number of times, which I, I looked and thought, is that something else they've been working on? So, you know, between the two games, some excellent, excellent individual performances and uh, yeah. two wins back to back, like we said, Dan. So, listen, we're at a bit of Swaz, uh, we're at Swaz Pod, sorry, on Twitter and Facebook. So remember to like and share and comment and subscribe. And uh, let's get into the uh, the fans' Twitter chatter, shall yeah. we? What, what you got yeah, for yeah. us today? So, links in quite nicely to this one from Richard Lewis. Since yeah. Michael McCarthy's taken over as manager, I love that. Uh, who's impressed us most or improved the most in the squad? I love that um, question. Yeah, I... I, I... I wouldn't say there's any one particular. I mean, you know, Aiden Flint coming in, it's a big ask, right? You're coming into a team that's that's not playing well and, you know, you, you, you thought you were out, gone, on loan, unwanted. So I think he's done really well, Aiden, to come in and do what he's done. He's shown a lot of character uh, and a lot of fight. 
uh, people are probably surprised to hear me say that, but I think that, uh, no, I can't, I can't really single any particular person out. You know, Nelson getting on the score sheet against Bristol, I think, you know, mm. he looked good. He looked good last night, like I said, filling in that left side. Uh, Morrison looked better last night. So the three at the back, the, the four in midfield, I think, I think, you know, just the lift of the whole team, I couldn't really dig any one particular person out and say he's done better than him or, or anything like that. I think Phillips as well, we mentioned him coming in. I just think it's just been, you've got that bounce, new manager bounce that you hoped was going to happen. After two yeah. draws, I know a lot of fans were thinking, aye, aye, here we go. This, is, this appointment is a nightmare. But, you know, Mick will get you going. He will. He, you know, he's a good foundation to build from, for sure. I think, um, you know, with Flint, is that, that first game, he, he looked a bit dodgy against Barnsley to begin with. But look, last night, when we've gone 2-1 up, he's got a few games under his belt. They're bouncing the ball around our box in injury time. And he made two yeah. really good blocks and interventions to get to get a ball out of there, which you know they would have scored, and we wouldn't have we wouldn't have won. So, I think it's he is getting back up and running. I think what I'd like to see is, you know, I remember him playing for Bristol City, and we went to Ashton Gate. The goal scorer inside. Oh yeah. yeah, he scored the winner for them. He, there's this kind of picture where he's running to the Cardiff fans, cup in his ear. He looks like a giant. You know, and then a few months later, well, he goes to Middlesbrough clearly, but then a season later, we sign him. And I just thought, yeah, this is exciting because this guy was unplayable when I saw him for Bristol. Mm. Unplayable, like Morrison is at his best in their area. And, you know, in fairness, he did score a few goals last season. You know, we're obviously not short on that with, with Moore and Morrison. You know, I think for on Rich's question, Ojo was out of the team to be honest under Harris towards the end he wasn't really starting games he was he was he used him loads at the beginning of the season probably more than anyone and he, he couldn't get a start for the for the last couple of months of Harris's reign and I think bringing him in and it all links into this confidence that everyone newfound confidence everyone's got and the new system I think we're seeing we're seeing the best of Ojo look Ojo Ojo's been consistent you know, relatively consistent for a team where we are in the table. Yeah, he's had a good yeah. season. Wherever he's played, and and as you say, seeing Morrison and Nelson back to their, getting back to their best, um, and Kiefer Kiefer was just unplayable. I thought against Bristol City, unplayable. So it's uh, he's yeah. getting there. He, he he's getting there. He's getting to that. Like last night, I was watching him, and he was enjoying the battle. Right yeah. up against uh, uh, Wood and uh, Robertson, that he was actually enjoying it, smiling, laughing, but he was bullying. And when you see it, yeah. his stature is so—he's—he's he's a really physically, you know, well-built boy as well. He's not tall and quite long and skinny. He's, he's physical, and uh, I think since he's since he's become Wales's number one, I think I've said before, I. I think you know he's not unplayable but you're starting to get there in yeah. some games you know what yeah. I mean where you know if you you've got two or three centre ass up against him he's not bothered you know he, he quite he's relishing it you know he's yeah. looking forward to it so uh you know and the more you get your Ojo's and your Wilson's on song the prospect of handling those three becomes more and more difficult right because uh Wilson on his day can cut you apart and so can Ojo, you know, and uh, you know you've got someone who can physically 
you know, dominate the opposition, uh, that gives you confidence in itself. Yeah, I, you're right what you say about Keith, because you don't, you, you know, everyone's watching games on telly at the moment, aren't they? And you don't quite see it on telly because he, he looks, you know, he, he's big, but my mate works with the Wales squad and just says he's an absolute beast in the gym, apparently. Just, yeah. just a monster. So he reminds of, me of Gavin Ward. He reminds me of Gavin Ward, the goalkeeper. You remember the uh, <laughs> yeah. our goalkeeper? Gavin, Ward, Gavin he was Ward. like, yeah, he was like, he's he built like he uh, he just come from the SAS. Mate. <laughs> he, 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 he was fantastic. We used to call him like Terminator. He was, he was a machine. He was a machine <laughs> from the future. Sent back to us <laughs> to, to keep goal. So yeah, a couple of a couple of. See. Couple of good questions about Kiefer, actually. So, so first one from Chris Faraday. Uh, Hi, Christopher. Hello, hello. Welcome to Swaz. How will we cope when Moore picks up an injury? Games coming up thick and fast. It's bound to happen. How can whoa, the team? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Chris is definitely glass half empty. Yeah. Okay. Did he say what will happen when he picks up? The yeah, injury? it's bound to happen. I think he's he's waiting in the car park with a baseball bat for. Okay. For keeper. Okay. Uh, so, but but it does. It, it gets to a good point. So, if that does happen. How could mm. the team adapt to the other forwards who couldn't do Moore's job? Which lots of things with a downfall, downfall of Glatzel. You said you said the word there, Dan. Adapt, all right. So you have to adapt. You know, you you then looking at your your Mark Harris's. Can you come in? Because you know you come in done all, done well in two or three games. You know this is what I say about young pros and not getting overly excited about their first season. Right, and what I say about to the young pro, listen, once you get in, the idea is to stay in. Now, he's not being able to do that, but whatever you do, don't go down the path of thinking, oh, I'm not going to get an opportunity. You know, go down the path of, you know, as soon as my opportunity comes again, I'm going to take it. So it's mental. Plus, then I would say you've got the likes of Murphy can play as a nine, I'm sure, right? I've always said it. And you can play with a false nine as Harry is a false nine also. I don't think, you know, having the likes of Wilson, Ojo, Murphy as a front line is a bad thing. Yeah. If you work on it, you've got fantastic ability to counter-attack. You've got fantastic pace and skill along that front front three. It's just a different option what you're dealing with. So uh, I'd say to Chris, don't be so pessimistic. Yeah, come on, Chris. Right? Don't will it in, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't will it in, Chris. Don't say it. Right? Uh, Don't but, say Beetlejuice um, three times, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Candy Man. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I think there's, there, there's... And you'll be surprised, Dan, what confidence does to people. You know, what confidence does to teams. If they go on a little roll now, you know, and they can pick up over the next three or four games another two, maybe three wins... You know, if the worst did happen, listen, I'm sure the boys would adapt and they'd be fine. And we've also they'd got um, Watters, obviously, as a as a striker, you know, because Glatzel's, Glatzel's gone out. We've got Watters there. We we didn't see him for long in, in Harris's last game. Um, he, yeah. he looked a little bit overawed, but let's not forget I was a team low on confidence. Again, you know, he's not going to be what we've seen of him. He likes to play on the shoulder and get in behind, which, you know, in fairness, Keitha does sometimes as well. We need to see what type of striker he is. Exactly, yeah. Right? Because we've seen, I've seen clips of him, 
playing at Crawley and what have you. But, you know, like I said before, I felt it was so unfair on the lad to come in from a, a lower league team and be expected to bang in goals in a team that's struggling for confidence. And clearly there was issue with some of the players and the management, right? Uh, so I thought that's, uh, I know, that's so unfair, right? And then it's overwhelmed. You don't get time to to uh, settle in with the lads and you're straight into a game. And before you know it, you know, you're out with an injury. Now, I would say that he probably, he probably came carrying an injury, right? Chances are, get through your medical. But, you know, I'm desperate to roll the dice, Neil Harris, if you're Neil Harris, I need something and hopefully this yeah. might just fall in place, right? That's You'll be surprised, Daniel, how many people sign players without doing a lot of homework on them, right? You have to do your homework. So for, for young Watters, I, listen, I hope he just recovers quickly. And then, you know, the good thing I think about Mick McCarthy is he'll recognise what kind of a striker he is and then they'll try to get people to play to his strengths right or get the team so what as fits in so his strengths are, are, are able to be shown as well so you know yeah there's, there's that option also one more on Kiefer from Sam Price this time alright Sam you know if Kiefer goes on to have a good Euros and Premier League team show an interest how much would we let him go for and who would we get to replace him how much would I let uh, Kiefer go for? He wouldn't yeah. let him. I wouldn't let him go if I was at that club. He wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't. He wouldn't go for no less than twenty-five mil. I'd be uh, doing a Pierre Van Hooydonk on him, making him go out on strike if he wants to. Uh... <laughs> if he... <laughs> You're not going, mate. Go and go and train on your own. Go on strike if you want to move. You look at some of the. You look at some of the strikers who are playing in the Premier League. You look at someone like uh, McBurney going for 20 mil yeah. from Sheffield uh, to Sheffield United. Uh, Kiefer Moore give you 10 times more problems. Yeah. And the ball ain't won, right? In, <laughs> in, in the Premier League. He's going to give you problems, mate. Right? I'll tell you who he's, who he's maybe a little bit like in the Premier League. Chris Wood. He's may, he may be not dissimilar to Chris Wood at Burnley. I think he's more. I think he's more. I think he's more mobile than a Chris Woods. I really do. I think he's getting there to where he's got. No, don't get me wrong. Chris Woods is is, is a proven goal scorer at the Premier League, right? Keith has yet to get that opportunity. But if you look at them physically, stature, uh, athleticism, you know, I I, would, I was at West Brom with uh, Eddie Newton and Dimatteo when I done my badges there, and Chris Woods was there then, and he was a really good player. Right, he's he's very clever. He's like a Bamford. Right, yeah. he, he's not just a he's not just a big target man. He's become better as a target man because although his size and stature is big, he wasn't a great target man. So he's been he's become better since joining Burnley, but he's got some really cute touches. But if you're asking me who I want as my sort of knight in shining armor to go into battle with. I know Kiefer's not yet proven, but I think if Kiefer got to the Premier League, he would become someone who would get you 10, 15 goals a season in the Premier League. And he's, he's mobile, you know, and he's, he's, you know, he can sprint. You know, he's quality on the deck now, you know what I mean? And he's, we've seen this season him score different types of goals, middle of the goal, near post. You know, his improvement is, is, is fantastic. He, he's, he's going the right way. So for me... 25, 30 million, 
as it stands, if he ends up with 25 goals this season, mm. put another five on that, right? People go, 40 million, 40 million. Yeah. Hey, mate, he's a striker who's scoring goals. You know, that's what you're not gonna you're not gonna get him for less than twenty twenty five. Yeah. That's what, what I mean? Hugh Jenkins would Hugh Jenkins would be asking that for him. So I just hope we don't, I hope we don't snap off the first bid that that comes in because, you know, we got a tendency of doing that over the years, haven't we? Yeah, well, it's not about it's not about it's genuinely it's not about the money, right? We don't need to sell him or want to sell him. So if you're gonna take my prized asset you could have to pay over the odds for it hey that's the nature of the game if you don't like it then shop somewhere else and get yourself a striker somewhere else simple as that so question last question now from Ian Russell talking of uh, I love Ian's profile picture he's with Rod Stewart oh classic yeah and Ian looks a little bit like Rod Stewart as well so he's always in touch (laughs) so I'm glad we could uh, get Ian's question in thanks Ian can we make the playoffs? Could Kiefer be playing in the Premier League with City next season? Oh, listen, I'll say, I'll say to Ian, like I said last night uh, on the Beeb, it's cliched, but it is literally one game at a time. I, you know, I, I don't get too high when we win. I don't get too hot, too low when we lose. I think the reason why I was, I was depleted under Harris is because, I, like I said, I couldn't see the performance levels changing or getting better but um, playoffs listen that's going to be a big ask yeah. you know there's six or seven teams at the top there who are all vying for those top six places I think um, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility but you know we are going to have to go we've got the two wins now if we went another three on the bounce we'd probably be in and around there right we'd probably be seventh eighth something like that and then, you know, if you want to get in and get amongst it, the top six, where you're not thinking, you know, we're a point or, you know, you can have to have a run of probably seven or eight wins, mm. realistically. We're eight points off it now, eight points off Bournemouth, who were in the last right. playoff place. Bournemouth have lost their last four games. You yeah, know, they've run, they're you, on a bad running late. Yeah, you'd think they will turn it round at some point. I know, obviously, they haven't got a manager at the moment and... Woodgate's there as caretaker and we know he didn't have a great record at Middlesbrough Norwich, Brentford, Swansea are nailed on aren't they Watford you know you can't see Watford dropping out of it Red in a back in form Bournemouth you'd think would turn it around it's going to be really tough I think yeah because what you're asking I think think that's what I'd say to uh, Ian is what you're asking Ian is not only for us to win six, seven, eight games on a bounce is for those teams at the top in the next six, seven, eight games to lose like five, six for you to draw them in. Yeah. You know what I mean, you know, because you've got that eight point gap before you even start to talk about overtaking them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the eight point gap really and truly to get in and amongst it and feel safe where you can lose a game or two. You're talking, you know, you're talking... You are talking eight games, I think, at least eight, maybe nine games to get in there and stay in there. Because you, know, you want to give yourself a cushion as well, don't you? You want to be able to lose. Like the season we went up in the Warnock, if you remember in the December, we had the worst December ever. Yeah. But we'd had such a good like start of the season, August, September, that it allowed us to have that breathing space of those few points you know, where we were able to lose games or not pick up wins and still stay in and around the top two. 
my mate Gav texted me last night after the game and uh, said eight, point, eight points off the playoffs with 54 points left to play for. You know, when you put it like that, mm. You start to get excited, you, but look. With, well, when you when you put it like that, I can see the grin coming over your face. Dan. <laughs> it's like a Cheshire cat. It's like we're on our way to Wembley. Saturday, right? I booked the bus, boys. I booked the bus. <laughs> I booked the Monday off work. Ian's, Ian's book, coming on the bus. You better book a thousand buses. You better book a yeah. thousand bus, buses, mate. Ian's coming yeah. on the bus and he's bringing Rod Stewart with him. So, yeah, look, we'll take every game as it comes. And other such cliches. And uh, yeah, a few games coming up now. Well, you've got you've got Coventry, Luton, and Preston next three games. They're all for me. Preston are in terrible form. Uh, Luton, they can you know they're capable of pulling off a off a decent decent uh, upset or two. Uh, and Coventry, listen, they beat us, but you know it's a tricky game. It's it's time for payback. But it, they're they're three winnable games most definitely. So. Um, Let's hope that, uh, fingers crossed, D, we can, uh, like I said, go on that, at least put another two, maybe three wins back to back. And if we can do that, all we can say is there's a chance in there. There's a chance. Simple, simple as this, win those three games, nine points, we're only eight points off the playoffs. They might as well just call the season after that and uh, happy days. Absolutely. <laughs> well, well. Listen, some excellent questions. Fair play. Uh, keep them coming, yeah, people. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, we need more. You know, we 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 love a we love a maybe a, a show where we just dedicate it just just going through fans' questions, right? Where we don't write nothing about any game. We do a special where it's just all about you, the fans, and we talk yeah. about uh, the club, what you'd like to see, what what you'd like to do. Uh, and we take you from there. But uh, remember, at SwazPod on the Twitter, on the Facebook. So like us, share, comment and uh, subscribe if you can. And, you know, we look forward to hearing from you and engaging with you and answering your questions like we have today. It's been uh, short, but uh, sharp and to the point like the two Wednesday. What do yeah. you think? Big time. Yeah, we're on a bit of a roll. We're on a bit of a roll. And, should uh, we have? Uh, should we have a bit of music to soundtrack? The, yeah, uh... yeah. Well, I was just going to introduce the last part of the uh, show. My favourite part: Dan's music choice. So <laughs> every week we do the top five, as you all know now. And I hope some of you are tuning in and listening to some of the tunes because if you listen to Mr. B, right, it's just pure classics. But you know. DT over here, he's got a very eclectic kind of mix going on, but I like it. So, what you got balls. this week for us, Dan? Curveballs from me, as ever. Okay, so first one from me is by someone called John Congos or Congos, and it's called "He's Gonna Step on You Again." So it's like a seventy, a bit of like sixties, seventies psychedelic. It's a bit psychedelic. Okay, it's the Happy okay. Monday song. Step on. Do, 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 do. It's it's like the original of that. It's it's a cracker. You got a bit of a happy dancing. Monday look going on today, haven't you? you I have, yeah. Uh, like that, yeah. Not like um, not like bears. I haven't taken uh, lots of <laughs> naughty things this morning. <laughs> I'm talking about the ballot. I'm talking about the ballot. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lockdown ballot if ever I see one. It is. Uh, <laughs> if any hairdressers would like to sponsor the podcast. Uh, all we ask, we don't want any. We don't want any money. We just just do do your best. Just pop out the D's. <laughs> yeah, if you could. Uh, number two then is by John Lennon. It's called Oh Yoko, which you know, great song about his wife. But my cat's called Yoko, 
and she loves the pod so she's dying to get she's dying to get a mention so uh yeah that's a great one <laughs> what else have we got yeah, well done, what man. else have we there got go. what else have we got number three indicative of cardiff city under mick mccarthy curtis mayfield move on up move on up that's a tune by the way what that a, tune. a tune i love a bit of curtis yeah Another tune now, which is, you know, when you'd hear on a bus going away, bit of the style council. And you did say I look like Paul Weller today with his barnet. So um, shout to the top by the style council. Yeah, I love style council. I accidentally, yeah. me and my best mate Kev once rolled past Newport Leisure Centre. A couple of women came out and said, oh, do you want these tickets, guys? Yeah. And like, well, why is, what's, oh, it's a concert inside. So, we, oh, okay, we walked in. It was only style council playing. What? I was like, what? Oh, freeness, watching Paul Weller take the old bait. Wow. I love yeah. uh, gigs in Newport Centre because there's always like an aerobics class going on in the, uh, yeah. on, on the top. <laughs> <laughs> you know it well, you know it too well. You know it too well. So is that, is that your five, mate? Is that, no, that, is was, that... That, that, was, that was four. So my last one then is... That's so Newport Leisure Centre, by the way. That is so Newport Leisure. Newport Leisure Centre, if you want to sponsor the pod... We could be mentioning those. We could be mentioning those aerobics classes all day long. And my last one is a bit of garage rock from a band called the Strange Boys, and again it links into what we want to see from the team. It's called Be Brave. Okay, very nice, Daniel Sam. Nice, Daniel Sam. Very nice. What have we got, mate? What have so we got? My, uh, I've gone a bit. Um, I've gone a bit like disco-y kind of vibe this week. All right, I've gone some like eighties classics, I suppose. So we got number one. We got chic. Everybody dance. Um, Everybody dance. Ooh, clap your hands. Clap your hands. You got it. <laughs> I love it, DT. <laughs> he was at the. He was at the castle. I think in probably 2019 now. Yeah. Forget 2020 is gone. 2019. Um, Nile and ah, oh, I met him. Done a bit of an interview wow. with him. Uh, spoke to him. And then he. Got us up on stage. J-Mo was there. I've seen J-Mo there what? as well. But, uh, yeah, it was myself and uh, Rob Phillips went to the castle. Had a, uh, hey. had a lovely time. See some family there, some family of mine. They've got the old dirty oh. bird. So uh, they were serving some food. Got Rob a bit of food from the family. Oh, and nice. you know, Yeah, we had a lovely time backstage and everything. Quality. So the second one is uh, Patrice Russian, Forget Me Nots, an old classic. And number three, Evelyn Champagne King, I'm in Love. Uh, I think you'll remember that, Dee. Uh, nice. And then number four, we've got a classic, uh, Jocelyn Brown, Somebody Else's Guy. Somebody and our else's final, guy. Yeah, <laughs> our final one is a group called Clear with a K and three E's. And it's intimate connection. Some of the old soul heads will love that one. Nice. It's an old classic. So, um, yeah, so remember, we're at Swaz Pod on the Twitter and the Facebook. So remember to like us, share, comment, and subscribe. And another week for this week. That's a wrap, DT. See you later. Well, have a good week, mate. Have a good week, peeps. You and, too. Uh, peace and love to everybody. Take care. We're out. You're good. Stories make the world, 
That is how the world works. We live inside stories. I think a good story has to make you feel emotional. It's got to touch the real core of you as a person. I think the key thing is that stories need to come from different people. Every time I read a good story, it gives me a different perspective of the world. And it's how we imagine an alternative. Stories are at the heart of all great moments of change. So that's how we perceive the world, it's how it makes sense to us. We can't live without stories. This has been a Jams and Mr. B production.